Hello, everyone, and welcome to another enriching episode of Beyond the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Anissa Toba. Today, we have here Karen Casey, and let me tell you, she is, she's a firecracker. She's a, but she's a remarkable woman who embodies resilience, quick wit, evolution, I mean, both professionally and, and uh, a nurturing individual, and literally from climbing the ladder from a secretary to paralegal, later venturing into solo law practice to now serving as a principal law clerk for a judge. Karen, you are a beacon of perseverance and a woman of strength and character. So welcome on the show. Thank you so much. And I do want to take you home with me for that comment. It's very, very much appreciated. Can you see I have a grin from ear to ear? I don't know if you could see it, but thank you for that. Yes. Yes, you are so sweet. And, you know, the feeling is mutual. You know, you have such a unique journey. And uh, tell us about what led you to become a principal law clerk. I know there was a lot in there. Oh, there was. So I started off um, in as a legal secretary. And then I went to school to become a paralegal. And I did that for about 10, 12 years. And I said, hmm, I could do this. I know I could do this. And I decided to do it. I went to school. Um, I had to finish my undergraduate degree, so I did that. And then I took the LSATs. And then I was a, you know, I entered Toro and it was fabulous. It was a fabulous journey, not something I think I would do again. <laughs> because in hindsight, I can't believe I actually did it. Thinking about you know, um, what I went through. I mean, the first, my first semester, first year law school was my best. I had like a three, eight GPA and it went downhill. Don't worry about it. it. Went downhill from there. I can't go any higher in my view. So I got married in my first year, first semester. And then I had a baby in my third year law school. So, um, it was, it was quite interesting four years, but I am glad I did it. I am because I knew I could, I knew I could do it. So I did it. See, and, and that part right there is what I'm fascinated by is you, you had reached these various points in your professional journey and said to yourself, well, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And every time you get there, you say, I can do this. And you just, you do it. So that, that, that is incredible. You know, how would you, how would you describe yourself? at the core what would you what would you say you are at your core well um professionally you know i do have a superpower i wish you, i wish it was something else like you know flying but my superpower happens to be you know i have a good work ethic you know and you know frankly um when i strive to do something either i do it with everything i have or I might as well not do it at all. So at my core, I want to be the best person I can be. And that sounds so trite, but it's the absolute truth. Um, I believe in, you know, being a good person and doing a good job. And that's what I strive to do. Hmm. It sounds so trite. I know I don't mean to sound like that because it's so sincere. 
in my heart that that's what I want to be. So um, that's what I strive to be. I think my mother actually was the one who who gave me that strength. Um, you know, I was one of five children and I'm the youngest. And um, my mother uh, worked when I was young. My, my elder siblings would babysit me, frankly. And my mother was a seamstress in a um, garment workers, a garment workers seamstress. And when I was older, she would take me and then she became a business manager, pardon me, for the union. And she would take me to these strikes. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing people strike um, <laughs> and doing it in a way where they're not, uh, you know, crazy, you know, because my mother wouldn't do crazy in front of me. But it was very frenetic. You know, it was a lot of excitement. And uh, she rose up through the ranks. So from a seamstress, by the time she retired, she was one of the first women vice president of the union, which was the International Ladies wow. Garment Workers yeah. Union the ILGWU. I don't know if you remember that song. I won't sing it because I'm a better backup dancer than a singer, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's with the union. So my mother was very, very smart, very strong willed, and she was tough. And I think, you know, I think I came by it naturally, frankly, I was born that way, you know, uh, as Lady Gaga says, but not as famous, but, um, it's just the way it was just the way it wow. was. It wasn't a question. It, no it question. I it wanted was. to do what I was yeah. going to do it. Right. There was no question. Can I, should I, would I, it's kind of like, hmm. I sound fabulous. Don't I? I mean, really, <laughs> you know, you sound authentic. You sound, it, it really comes through, uh, because yeah. some, some people make it sound like a cliche because there is a disconnect between what they say and who they are with you. It's actually funny because we spoke briefly on the phone um, and, and, and I'm thrilled because I'm getting to know you better now, but we, 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 we talked about how we're both direct and sometimes right. the directness with, with women is sort of misconstrued as, you know, you're being a, <laughs> so you know you're and and i think directness to us means transparency authenticity uh you are aware of what you want what you don't want you don't have to explain your no and and still and, and be a good person in a process so just going back actually to your to your uh to your mother uh we have that in common my grandmother was a seamstress and she had her first job when right. she was five out of right. 18 Amazing. siblings so that that work ethic that, that you talked about is it, uh, it it really it really shows. You also mentioned your your father, and and he. Yeah. I'm curious about the piece of advice that he gave you to walk with your shoulders back even in difficult times. How yeah. has that influenced you when you're navigating any setbacks? And then also professionally, though, back when the roles between men and women were a little more defined. Right. Well, well, they're still not as flexible as, as I think females perception 
would like it to be. But my father said to me, you walk tall, shoulders back, head up, eyes straight ahead. Don't let anybody ever see you put your eyes to the ground. So in that, what he was instilling in me was a sense of confidence or a facade of confidence maybe until I grew into it. But I always remember that when I'm in a situation where I feel that I'm going to be, that I start to feel a little nervous, right? Um, I remember what my father says and I sit up, I put my shoulders back, I look straight ahead and I walk. And if people believe it, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. <laughs> I want you fake it, it's, even if you fake it right. really well. <laughs> Make it until you're right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And- well, you believe it. I mean, you know what though? There is something to be said about that. Is is um, even even putting on a smile when you don't feel like it, and then remembering to put your shoulders back. There's that instant surge of of confidence, right? So it's it's not that you're pretending. It's you reminding yourself. You know, here's that confident woman. That's correct. And, and my father. You know, we, uh, there were uh, four girls and I had a brother and I'm the youngest. And um, my father was Romanian Jewish. My mother's Sicilian Italian. Don't ask me how that happened. I don't know. But, um, you know, he, none of us married a nice Jewish boy either, unfortunately. And that, you know, cut my father to the quick. We all, we all married Irishmen or Italians or whatever. So but my father was uh, very family oriented, very family oriented. And, you know, it was a good, it was a good upbringing. I, you know, I don't think any of us turned out too badly. We're not perfect, uh, but, you know, we do what we do and we've made a good life. We've made a good family. And, you know, I think that's what any parent wants to pass on you know, besides money, everybody wants to give money to their children when they're gone. My parents spent it all in Vegas, but whatever. So uh, they retired to Vegas and they had nothing left, but I'm happy about that. Happy. (laughs) They were happy. That's all, that's all there is. If you're happy and life is good, then, then how can not, how can anything follow that? Everything falls into place. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not naive. There, there are heartaches and heartbreaks and whatnot, but the, the fundamental um, glass half full is very true to me. Hmm. What resets you when, what, what do you do when you're not working? I'm curious. Yeah. It, okay. So don't laugh at me. I, I'm a, I love to read. But the books I read are um, fantasy books, the classic good versus evil, you know, like a Tolkien and the Hobbit, you know, the classic battle between good and evil, where good overcomes evil and um, and the, the trials and tribulations that they all go through to get to where they're supposed to be that makes them such a likable character or characters. So, 
you know, I love those books. To me, it's an escape. It's, and it's also allows me to decompress because mm. I mean, how can you not decompress when you're reading about elves and, and wizards and do all these fabulous things, right? So. Oh, I, I, I'm actually laughing. You, you will laugh. I, uh, I, I don't read those books, but I did read, um, I mean, I did watch, what was it? The, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? The Rings trilogy. Um, right. Lord of the Rings. It, yes. Thank you. <laughs> you remember that, that creature? Was it the swamp, the swamp creature? Yeah. Gollum. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's see if I, let's see if I can imita imitate him. Precious. <laughs> And that's, it's that's so the, true. I think I, that's the only one I, I saw. And, and I just, till this day, uh, when I, I do that actually for my daughter, she's like, mom, you're so corny, but you know, you got, yeah. you can't take yourself, you know, so seriously. And, uh, we, we all have stuff, go through stuff. And, and so I, I think it's important to have a good dose of sense of humor and, and, you know, and something that allows us to reset. Um, let me ask you this because you are, you are so you, you appear to be such a practical woman you have lots of experience you know so the essence of this podcast is to connect legal professionals so that they can see each other as humans not not right. quote adversaries and you know and also to hopefully improve the image of the legal profession what do you think even on a smaller scale what, what would it take to to start making that shift in that direction in um personally from when I shifted from solo practitioner to where I am now. Is that correct? I'm sorry. Yeah. So more so, and I'm sure you've experienced, that's actually a great, great uh, follow-up question. I'm sure you've experienced that when you are in court and you, there's, and you're dealing with adversary on the other side with another attorney or back in the day. Um, right. You know, there are some who can truly leave, you know, the case in, in the courtroom and not take it outside. And there are others who will still look at the opposing counsel, the adversary as adversary, even outside of the courtroom. And so, you know, I'm trying to humanize this. What can shift in, in among the, the, the legal professionals, even if it's a small thing, that can start uniting them and they start sort of seeing each other as, as human beings. Right. The, the bottom line, Denise, is that this is our job. It's a profession, but it's a job. So like, like any job, it can follow you home. Like any job, it could follow you in your everyday work life. So, for instance, you know, if you have a fight with your children in the morning because they won't get up to go to the bus and you have to be at court by a certain time and you're frustrated and you go into court and you're still frustrated, that's going to show, right? That's going to show. So what I think, you know, attorneys who are people, you know, we need to leave that at the door, right? So uh, I'm going to be showing my age. So there, there were, there were books, you know, Jane, Dick, Jane and Spot, right? See Jane run, see Dick run. And they had this Spot who was their dog. So 
and it's a very um uh a very simplistic example i'm not jane you're not mm. dick and we're not fighting over spot mm. i'm advocating for jane you're advocating for dick and poor spot just wants to be happy right it's very simplistic except that when attorneys it doesn't behoove us to become personally involved right mm. that's why they hire us to represent them because we have the knowledge we have the experience but we also can be objective about the goals and not subjective where you know the two spouses who are fighting are able to push you know each other's buttons still so hmm. we're supposed to be the voice of reason so yeah we have there's a lot of great attorneys yeah but in every profession you have great attorneys bad attorneys great teachers bad teachers great doctors bad doctors because we're people we're not robots we're people who happen to have the education so if you don't if a litigant doesn't click with their attorney go somewhere else you know if you if you need heart surgery you don't go to a brain surgeon right or if you go to a brain surgeon and you don't like you don't feel comfortable you go to the next brain surgeon because there's more out there same thing with attorneys but it is very um disconcerting to me when the fight seems to expand to people who are supposed to be advocating at a level mm -hmm. of civility it doesn't happen often but like I said, at any profession, it happens just right. because we're people. We're people who have personalities, prejudices, ideas, and thoughts like anybody else. But the main, the main issue is advocating what's best for your client. And some attorneys miss that. But I think they'll grow, a lot of them will grow into it. A lot of them will never understand it. It, it, it is the way of the world. That's what makes the world go round. I can tell you yeah. when I was a private practitioner, there were a handful of attorneys. If I, if I knew they were on the other side, I would tell my clients straight out, we're going to trial. It's, I just know this yeah. attorney. Mm. Or. That's I know the attorney and, and we're going to settle because, you know, yeah. not complex and we both know what we're doing. So. Yeah. It's, it's, where is that, 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 thank you for sharing that perspective. Um, there's that line and it's like, there's a difference between we're all human beings and we all carry our set of preferences and experiences. The question is when you let that personal stuff, you know, basically you, you let, you release it and it almost becomes meshed with, with, uh, with the client's, uh, emotional sort of turmoil. And so that it's, it's important to remind yourself, it is just a job. 
and I'm here to fully advocate for my client, but this is my stuff and I need to be responsible for that and figure out how not to bring it in. You know, I'm a big believer that in order to change or foster any change, you have to start with yourself. So by a, a process of one person sort of going within and changing may, may impact, you know, the other person and another person. And like you said, we're, we're only humans, we're not perfect. Um, and you have to carry, you know, so, so much. Well, on a final and, and a light note, so what makes you laugh your off? <laughs> <laughs> your butt uh, off. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me tell you, I enjoy laughing. I wish I was funny. I would, I love laughing. I love comedians. My favorite right now is Joe Coy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he is hysterical <laughs> comedian. I love to laugh. As a matter of fact, my husband, one of the things that attracted to me to him was his sense of humor. I just, when somebody makes me laugh, I feel good. I feel happy. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I enjoy um, being happy. It, it's too much work not to be, I think. I think it takes more work to be hardened than it is to be happy. And my, my the way I approach life is, uh, I'm kind. I'm just kind. But kindness does not mean I'm weak. I'm not weak. I'm kind. And I try to be kind in everything I do. And I try to be responsive in everything I do. And that was one of the reasons why I had to segue. And I'm very blessed that Judge Leo hired me uh, because as a solo practitioner, I always said when, when I lost my compassion, when I lost my empathy, when I lost my patience, it was time to move on. And I did. Believe me, there are plenty of attorneys I apologize to. You know, the, the adage, you know, it, it's not you, it's me. Well, it was true. I was a miserable woman. I was just um, overwhelmed. It was time to move on. And I'm very blessed. I love working for Judge Leo. I love it here. And uh, don't tell anybody, but it's not really work for me. It, it's, I come in, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. It's not a chore. I'm really, really very, very lucky individual. That's great to hear that what you're doing, the work you're doing sounds perfectly aligned with your values and what's important to you. And uh, I think that's, I mean, that, that's, that is so important, very important too. And, and you set a great, great example. Thank you, Karen, uh, for this uplifting conversation, for opening up about your, I'd say, vibrant journey and really being vulnerable and, and really sharing the, the piece of you with, with, with us. It's been nothing short of inspirational, truly. I appreciate that statement, Denise, and, you know, we have a mutual admiration society. So right back at your girlfriend. Thank you so much. And uh, to our great listeners and viewers to dive deeper into Karen's story by clicking on her bio link right below. And remember, every fresh episode unfolds every Sunday and it's easily accessible through the links on all my media channel platforms with the links below. Until then, stay inspired and curious.